Hello, you who seek high quality knowledge to expand your consciousness and have a better life. Welcome to episode number 14 of Self-Improvement and Spirituality in Practice, Blooming with Gracie Hu. Today I'm going to talk about effective relationships. Yeah, this area of life is so challenging for everyone, really. It doesn't matter if your crush likes you back or not, if you can be with the one you like or not. It's very challenging for everyone, really. Gracie here. I've been a therapist for 18 years, an astrologer with 33 years of studies already, and I'm also an independent spiritualist from Brazil. I became my own guru, yes, and a reality changer. And today I help people motivated by self-improvement to become their own gurus too and to transform their reality consciously. And how? Using their hidden inner powers. Because the cause of everything in your life is within you, even if you don't know about it. And to change the effects, you need to work on the cause. There's no other way. So if you want to understand certain situations in your life and change your reality for the better, Stay here and let's have a conversation. This must be the most complicated area of life for everyone, except and I dare add a maybe, except for those who opted for the monastic and celibate life. Because there are many people who choose to follow the monastic life or the spiritual life, actually to run away from you know, bad experiences uh, here in this regular world where everybody has to work, to make a living. There are people who really use spirituality as a good excuse to escape from challenges in life. You know, not only financial challenges and having to get a work or a job, but uh, also because they are so deluded by constant or at least a, a big disappointment in their love life. But anyway, that's another issue. How much suffering, how much drama and even tragedy is not experienced worldwide, regardless of socioeconomic status, culture, race, religion or geolocation. And even those who live in a relationship, whether stable or casual, it doesn't matter, even those are not necessarily fully satisfied. And here I make a distinction. If the dissatisfaction is with the relationship itself, which can be a little boring or slow, and it happens with routine, sloppiness and accommodation, when people, you know, start to abandon self-care or they stop caring about the relationship or even their partner, it doesn't matter. If the dissatisfaction 
is with the relationship, it is still possible to do something about it, even if it is a couple therapy, okay? On the other hand, if the discomfort is with the partner and he or she refuses to change, as if he or she were obligated to change just to make it more convenient for you, right? No, they are not obligated to make anything easier for you just because you want to. If they change, it has to be because they want to change, not because, not to please you only, you know, not for your convenience. Well, anyway, if you are not satisfied with your partner and they don't want to change because they don't need to, really, well, you better work on a possible repression and move on. And what is uh, repression? Consider this. Everything that makes you irritated with about someone, so, uh, any characteristic they have that you get very irritated with, well, this is now in psychology as a projection. It's something that you have not necessarily the same way they show in the same intensity, but somehow you have that main trace of personality, of behavior in yourself, but you don't accept it. You deny it and you repress it. So what happens? Life will always find a way to force you face what you don't want to see in yourself. So there is this mechanism life use that I call a magnifying mirror. So everything you deny and repress in yourself, life will bring you in the form of the magnifying mirror in another person and very exaggerated. And why is that? Because if it was subtle, you wouldn't notice it has to be very intense so you will notice and of course if you deny it in yourself you won't like to see it in someone else right that's the principle behind irritation with someone so how do you deal with this first you gotta see how you act the same way it doesn't have to be necessarily in the same intensity but somehow you have that same behavior. After realizing that you have this in yourself, you gotta accept it. And so the projection becomes an introjection. That's the first step. And then if you don't know how to deal with this, that part of you that you consider negative, you are ashamed of, you wanna hide from other people, what to do in this situation? You can DM me. <laughs> And we can work on it because this is not the subject of this episode, okay? Anyway, complaining about your partner and continuing with them is not okay and not, it's not fair with both of you, right? Either you separate to have and to give peace to the other person or you stay together, accept them the way they are and stop complaining. If the person decides to change for the sake of the relationship and considering that it will make them a better human being, great. But if they change just to please you for fear of losing you, well, there may be more emotional dependency than love. You gotta consider this. 
Maybe they are so afraid of being alone that they decide to change if you demand a change, not because they love you. You must know your relationship and your partner, right? The fact is that complaints and demands come from expectations and even pretensions and do not actually change the other person. They just keep them away as they make the demanding person seem controlling and boring in addition to always being dissatisfied. Thus, what was good and pleasant before came like hell and living together becomes more and more complicated and unpleasant. <sighs> being very honest, let the other person be as they are or get out. Have a, you know, common sense, please. Have a minimum of dignity and respect for them and yourself. After all, let's face it, if they change only to please you, they will be a boring person with no personality. And people like that are not respected but abused. Hence, you will soon want them to change other aspects as well. There is a lot of this dynamic of the controller, dominator, pairing with the passive submissive. Each one needs the other to exist in this role. However, the effects in the long run can be very painful and very damaging for those who submit to abuse. Also, once the lesson of self-possession has been learned, it will never be forgotten. If you see someone that stay in a long relationship, long abusive relationship, and I'm not necessarily talking about physical abuse. It can be emotional, psychological. And uh, at some point, uh, you know, people are together because it's an opportunity to learn something or a need to learn something. And uh, the person in this abusive situation, at some point, they get the courage and the strength to get out of it. And the main lesson they learn with this so unfortunately bad experience, the main lesson is I will never let someone abuse me anymore. They become so strong and they become like a an inspiration for other people going through the same situation and well it was their own personal lesson and uh, the sooner they wake up and decide to do something for for themselves uh, the better right but the other people in our lives is, are basically an opportunity to learn something or to train some skills. And uh, if you see things, relationships like this, you don't put yourself in the position of a powerless and poor victim of other people or circumstances or bad luck. It's a wise way to face situations and relationships in your life. And here I have a question. What makes a person to stay in a relationship if it is so bad that they are always complaining? Is it hope or illusion that it will only be one phase of the relationship or one phase of the partner and everything will get better? Is it low self-esteem? Fear of not getting someone or something better? 
fear of being alone that is very common people that don't know how to be well with themselves their own companies are more likely to fear of being alone so they rather stay in a bad relationship and very unsatisfied than being alone with themselves what other reasons can make someone stay in a bad relationship maybe fear of being replaced by someone else if they dump the partner they can be afraid of seeing their ex-partner with someone they consider better than them which would be a huge damage to their own ego right or maybe it's fear of what others will say criticisms and meddling from family and friends for example when f the person feels the pressure of not necessarily you know a, a conscious pressure but uh, what if they finish the relationship and the family or friends start to say oh that person was so good to you why don't you go back to them and you know they maybe they just don't want other people to meddle in their life so they stay in that relationship because after all they think it's not so bad at least you know we have good moments uh, sometimes and always uh, lame excuses actually but uh, it doesn't matter if you are in this situation you are not satisfied in your relationship and you are always complaining doesn't matter if you complain to other people to your partner or you keep all your unsatisfactions to yourself it doesn't matter i ask you something what is your convenience because human beings are moved by convenience you must have one very strong so you just don't let go you don't finish the situation and you keep going and more and more unsatisfied think about this what is really deep inside your convenience work this out to free yourself inside first and then you see what you will do with your partner and with this relationship but you gotta be honest to yourself that's the least you can do right you can pretend to other people you can lie to them but uh, not to yourself the truth is that people stay together and even get married for many reasons really many and love is not always the main thing also they like to believe so deep down there is a lot of convenience and projection but it is not convenient to see it that way of course few people will admit to themselves much less to others things like this i am with him because of the financial security and material comfort he gives me hmm. another reason just an example i am with her because she's a trophy woman what i call a trophy woman right uh, she's a trophy woman for me to show around a symbol of the status that i managed to achieve with my money and position this is very common with men who are not attractive 
they are not good looking, but they work hard, they build something in life and uh, they reach a high level in terms of status, they have money, so they choose a woman. She can have many weaknesses, but for them, if she's pretty, she's attractive, she will be like a trophy woman to really show around to other people and she will be just like a, a fancy clothes, like a, an expensive car, an expensive watch, for example, uh, just an object, a trophy to show society how successful he is. Am I lying? No, please don't let me lie. <laughs> What, are, what could be other reasons for people to be together or even get married? Those unconscious motives, people just don't confess. It can be something like this. I don't love him, but he treats me well and is a good father for our children, <laughs> for example. Or, I got married because I wanted to have a family. This one I heard already. I swear, a guy who just wanted to have a family, so he chose a woman and uh, who wanted the same, and they got married with no love. Of course, after some time, a few years, the marriage was, you know, it didn't exist anymore, not even affection, but they were together just because of the kids. <laughs> That's a very poor life, in my opinion, but, uh, you know, everyone knows or at least should know what they are doing with their life, right? And uh, another reason could be a guy saying, she's a good woman, takes care of me, the children and the house, and doesn't betray me, because who will want to have sex with someone like her? See, the guy who chooses a woman who is not so attractive, not so beautiful, a woman who will be a good housekeeper, good wife and mom, but uh, that insecure man will feel secure because he thinks no other man will want to have something with that woman. He was the only one, but not based, of course, on her look. You know, for him, it's be it's secure to be married to a woman that won't attract other men's looks, right? And there's even the case of someone who thinks like this, I got married to leave my parents' house and have peace and freedom. That's another common reason. Someone who uh, feels like uh, very unhappy living with their parents because they are very controlling and dominant and they just don't have enough freedom to do what they want and when they want. So they choose um, a boyfriend, for example, and someone who agrees to marry them, then they marry just to leave their parents' house. Hmm. Yeah, the, you can be shocked by this, but, uh, well, I am a therapist. I trained my sensitivity to read in between lines, to see what is not shown by people, to listen to what is not said. So I can identify so many reasons behind the speech of being in love, really. And also, pay attention to this. It is not because a person says that they love you that they really do. 
also they believe or want to believe that they do. Maybe they don't even know what love is. Maybe they never loved before to know what it is like. Maybe they just like you a lot, which is cool also. There's no problem with this. But um, like you a lot not necessarily means that they love you, right? Maybe they like you, but not that much to be considered love. Maybe they are confusing emotional need, desire, or even lust with love. They feel like very horny about you and they think it is love, but it is not. Of course, it's just a physical sexual desire or maybe they are so needy, you know, they need someone in their lives. Or maybe they really want to love someone and to live a love dream. So in this case, being in love for them may be much more important than the person they put in their lives. You know, just the, the feeling or the illusion of being in love is enough for them. It's like a drug that keeps them happy. It doesn't matter who is with them. Well, <laughs> I gotta be realistic because I don't know how uh, deluded you are, but that's my, my role here, right? So as I was saying in the beginning, it's not because a person says that they love you that they really do. And uh, maybe they desperately want to forget someone else and they are using you, not, you know, in a mean way, in a bad way, but somehow they are really trying hard to forget someone else. And they, you know, they are giving them a chance with you, with the relationship with you. And maybe you have no idea the real reasons behind that I love you. <laughs> the question is, what do their actions say? How do they actually behave when with you? Because actions speak louder than words, right? So, how do they actually behave with you? Are they present or missing, disappear and do not respond to messages and calls? Do they ghost you? Do they care about you and are interested in your life? Or are they colder and indifferent? Do they share their life with you? Or won't they let you in? Do they make a point of talking to you about anything just to hear your voice? Or do they rather only text messages? Do they make time for you and you too, the relationship? Or do they make excuses to do other things? Are they there when you need them or... Can't you count on them? Do they treat you with affection or slap and punches? Hmm? Do they sincerely praise you or depreciate you? Even if playfully, oh honey, I was just kidding. It was a joke. Ha ha ha. Hmm. Passive aggressive jokes. Do they trust yourself? Or are they controlling and distrust everything with attacks of jealousy as if you were their property? Think about this. 
It's not about what they say, because even a parrot can say, I love you. If you train that bird, you know, it can say, good morning, love, good afternoon, dear, or good night, my love. Even a parrot can say, I love you. So <laughs> what really counts is the way the other person treats you, not what they say. <laughs> Actually, people say much more with their actions, their gestures, than with their behavior, than with words. That's the fact. Because you can think about what you are going to say, but uh, most of the time, the way someone behaves is unconscious. It's like turning on the autopilot. The, you know, they are so used to behave in a certain way. It's a note habit that they just don't think. They think much more about what they are going to say because they want to please people, they want to place the nice person, they want to be accepted. So pay attention much more to their actions. Don't you know that story of the ants justifies the means? Many people tend to see marriage as a policy for old age, an emotional guarantee against loneliness. And it is a fact that the number of divorces increases along with the wedding industry because getting married, no matter who, and giving a big party can be crucial to not get the image of being a loser, right? But uh, who marries thinking about separating? The intention is that it will last until death separates. But the death of love is not considered. So if you, someone is getting married because they think it's, they are in love, but deep inside they know they have other reasons, much more important and convenience, actually, like I said before. Well, if it is not for love, well, you cannot expect that marriage will last, right? Once they... Uh, get disappointed or the convenience is uh, is not there anymore or whatever. Anyway, another thing. Each degree of consciousness has different needs. For the vast majority of human beings, apart from conveniences and unconscious projections, satisfying physical needs, yes, I'm talking about sex, and satisfying emotional needs which means coziness, having a good company, is enough in the search for a partner. That's it. Physical needs and emotional needs. And it's evident that I do not disregard positive affinities, of course, such as similar tastes. And it is desirable to also have some physical compatibility, chemistry, and also temper compatibility, which means similar personalities, right? And for a minority, the criteria involve other requirements as important or even more important, which is mental or intellectual needs and also spiritual needs. For them, this minority, there must be compatibility in more subjective aspects. It's not necessarily about being boring and over-demanding, but about getting to know themselves better, knowing their 
tastes and preferences and not being counted with little or much less just to not be alone because the, the emotional need is not so strong for them so they can enjoy their own company very well. Of course, they will be more picky about putting someone else in their lives because they don't want trouble, they don't want headaches, right? In this case, people with other criteria, more subtle, like um, mental, intellectual, spiritual needs, they have to be more patient, of course, because at the top of the pyramid, and this is just an image, okay? No prejudice here. At the top of pyramid, social, evolutionary, there are even fewer options available. Of course, if you're at the base of the pyramid, you have much more options. But if you are at the top of it, at the same level you are, there are not so many people. But here I have to say something, and that goes for everyone to train even a sock ball will do <laughs> because even if you can find a partner that pleases you that fulfills your needs or your expectations which are not good actually but if you can find someone that uh, makes you feel a uh, commit in a in a serious relationship uh, that doesn't mean you have to be alone right but uh, well Right now we have this quarantine, you have to be very careful and being single in a pandemic is not easy. But anyway, even if you can find someone you really like to have a relationship with, well, you can have your um, adventures, you can try to, you know, make like a um, test drive with other people, there's nothing wrong with this, or just to have fun, it doesn't matter, it's your consciousness, I have nothing to do with this, but the thing is, to train, even a sock ball will do, okay? <laughs> Something curious to note is that the chemistry you have with one person will never be repeated just the same with another one. And as an astrologer, I can talk about this because there is a um, very interesting thing to consider. There is this technique in astrology called synastry, where you compare two birth charts. You cross them like this. You have your own birth chart, and you have someone else's uh, birth chart. Then uh, we compare all the planets, what are the aspects they are doing, like for example, the sun of the person A, uh, what aspects it makes with all the planets of uh, person B. So this technique shows the affinities between those people and uh, or lack of affinity in different areas of life. And it shows if there's chemistry or not and the intensity of it. So we can consider like if there is mental chemistry, what I call mental chemistry, when it is very easy to talk to someone. You know, the communication flows easily. There is the emotional chemistry when people feel so good when they are together or in contact, not necessarily together in person, but uh, when they are connected, if they feel very comfortable about each other, like to have emotional intimacy, there is, all, of course, the physical and sexual chemistry, a physical attraction, and uh, there is also the 
spiritual chemistry when you feel like you found kind of a soulmate or a soul friend all those different things as that they can be seen in a birth chart in the, the using this technique of the synastry of course you will have enough astrological knowledge but uh, it it's very interesting to to compare different charts to say this and i personally when i meet someone that uh, interests me in particular i always find a way to raise their birth chart you know to get the data and if i cannot have the birth time at least the the birthday so i of course i will look at their chart to see who i'm dealing with i can have a lot of information from that chart and i also uh, cross with my own chart to see if uh, what kind of future <laughs> can that match have or if it's not a good match I won't waste my time or at least I won't have expectations and uh, you know I can see very clear uh, where I can get to with that person but uh, actually in practice I, I gotta be honest in practice it is important to have those information but uh, you gotta consider the interaction itself because maybe many times the synastry is excellent it's very good but in real life in practice mm, there you know significant difference in tastes and preferences and, and in lifestyle there can be a geographical um, difference can very significant and uh, the, you know there are many things but uh, it's interesting to have this information this astrological information so back to that chemistry the one you have with someone will never be repeated just same with another one for the simple reason that each human being is unique and your singularities will combine in different ways with the singularities of each person you meet of course physical attraction tastes and preferences in general apart we cannot control the affinities and as well as the lack of them so it doesn't seem very sensible to me that when a relationship ends or doesn't even begin in fact the individual goes around looking for someone similar to the previous one in certain aspects to try to get again the same type of chemistry they felt before forget about it and maybe you will find someone even more compatible and available to experience something better so comparison is okay if you consider what you didn't like in your previous experience what made you feel bad or what made you feel good and then you can bring that experience to your next relationship or attempt or relationship but you cannot expect to find the same characteristics in another partner right you cannot control this I think like this if it didn't work with one person go ahead and move on to the next one even because the tendency is to remember much more the last one that passed through our life than 
the one before the past one, right? So I consider this a good reason to, like we say in Portuguese, make the line walk, okay? Just make the line walk and thus forget soon what has just happened. Another issue is that, after all, the most important thing is not to work on or not with someone. Even because, looking carefully, it did work for a while. Hours, days, months, years, decades, it doesn't matter. It did work for a while, until it stopped working well. After all, everything has an expiration date, right? Well, the thing here is, when we start a relationship, we cannot have a, like a label, a warning showing the expiration date, but uh, everything is temporary in life. What matters most is that you exercise your affectivity. Each person with whom you relate emotionally and or sexually is a different experience that will move you in a way and challenge you like no other. Yes, because there will always be challenges and life is a sequence of challenges. When you think one challenge is finished, oh, you can expect another challenge coming soon because uh, it's inevitable. And uh, at the end, Everything is training for you to face and improve yourself as a human being. Like I always say, everything is an experience, everything is an opportunity to learn, and everything is a training. So as a result, you will be someone better, preferably with the next, let's say, clients. Or because if you didn't, become a better person after uh, an experience with someone, a relationship, if you became even worse, like depressed and sadder and vindictive and angry, it doesn't matter. If you did not become a better person at the end of a relationship, well, you better stay alone because this poison inside of you, this toxic emotions, will damage your next relationship, right? And it's not fair with the next client in your life. So you better stay alone, put your things together and do some therapy. Otherwise, you will be, you know, uh, bringing all your negativity to the next relationship. And of course, it won't work. You won't be satisfied. No, you better don't do this, right? And... As much as you have suffered emotionally and are tired, I think that taking time to learn or relearn how to be good with yourself is okay and even necessary. However, closing your heart and deciding not to get involved with anyone else for the rest of your life is not the best option. And why I think so? Simply because you are only putting off your inner work with you. You will owe yourself the learning of this lesson and at some point 
life will compel you to resume it. Trust me, going for intelligence, goodwill, humility, and flexibility is always better and preferable than going for coercion forcibly and in revolt. Because, as I always say, there are two ways to change in life. Either you change by choice, using intelligence and goodwill, or you change by coercion, which means life will force you to change. You'll probably have pain in the process because you will resist to change and uh, it's not really the best option, the best way to go. So, just to recap, I will say again, what matters most is that you exercise your affectivity and it doesn't matter how many relationships you had already, how many times you tried and you can be tired, you can be so disappointed with people, with love. I understand that, but uh, take your time and uh, learn how to be the best company in the whole world for yourself. Because when you reach that point of emotional independence in terms of, uh, it's not self-sufficiency, it's about I love my own company so much that I don't really need someone to fulfill my life, someone to take care of me. You know, it's about emotional maturity, actually. And when you reach that level of not really need someone in your life for you to feel better, then you are mature enough to have a healthy relationship because you don't need someone. Then you will choose to be with someone. That It's a complete different thing. It will be with someone because you want to, not because you need someone. See the difference? So take your time, but please just don't close your heart like in a revolt. I don't want to meet anyone else. I give up having a relationship. I don't want to get involved with someone. I don't want to give my heart to someone and one and more. I don't want to fall in love. Please don't do this to yourself. At least not, you know, that radical decision for the rest of your life with a lot of drama. No, it's important for you to exercise to train your affectivity, your soul, something, an intelligence inside of you will demand you to face your emotional needs and the development, the improvement of your affectivity. And at some point, you will feel so lonely and that pain in your chest will cry for companion. So don't be so radical. I understand that maybe you think you had enough of suffering, of trying and suffering in relationships, but um, just keep at least, you know, a window open. <laughs> if you close your the door, at least, you know, let a window open um, just to see what's outside. 
<laughs> okay? Because uh, you never know if you are okay with you, not in rebellion against life. If you keep yourself busy with other things, for example, being productive in work and positive, of course, then when you least expect life will bring someone, let's say, your size, <laughs> uh, someone that will have all the characteristics you appreciate the most, you admire the most, and you will be surprised because the beauty of life is that we never know what comes tomorrow. You just gotta stay positive in yourself. I'm not talking about being naive of practicing positive thinking. No, it's just about being positive with yourself and with your life. Just take your time and keep yourself busy and with good things. And when you least expect, life can surprise you. Just let go the sadness, the disappointments and the anxiety also because anxiety is always negative it's never positive if you feel this um, subject relationships love relationship has been a difficult issue for you in your life that's probably because you have challenges in this area you have uh, big lessons to learn in this journey this life and um, how to know exactly what you have to learn. Well, I use astrology as a powerful tool to diagnose these main challenges and the, the main lessons, also the sabotaging sub-personalities. Maybe you have a sabotaging sub acting behind the scenes of your conscious to avoid you to have a fulfilled relationship, love relationship. For me, it's very easy to identify those elements. And not only I can identify them, but I also have tools and techniques to deal with them, to solve the situation. But the most important thing, if you don't understand the reasons why you are going through struggles in your life, then, of course, it's more difficult for you to accept those challenging situations, right? But when you can finally understand the why and the what for, so it's kind of a relief and you can deal with those situations in a better way, right? Because you change your point of view. So if you feel you are stuck in a situation you cannot change, I'll make you an offer. I have this 90-day program where I work deep into all the areas of someone's life and I teach everything that I know. Uh, I present tools and techniques how to deal with everything so people can be independent in terms of becoming their own therapist and even their own guru and uh, learning how to transform their reality, identify the real cause and work on the elements on their unconscious to change uh, their reality for the better, of course. And uh, 
because it's something that is not for everybody because I need to know if the person is mature enough for this kind of work you, you know 90 days three months is very intensive so if the the time is right the work will be amazing but if the person is not ready for this well I rather wait them to become ready or you know to work with someone else but in this case I offer you if you are really interested in your self-improvement and being able to create a better life because see this the power is the same if you could create even unconsciously a situation in your life then you can uncreate it and create another one i know how to do this so if you are interested in really unleashing the power within you and uh, working on your self-improvement my offer is you can DM me and schedule a 45 enlightenment call for free. It's really no commitment. And you schedule your call with me and I will raise your birth chart. You give me your data. I will raise your birth chart and uh, I will identify the main challenges, the main lessons you have to learn. We will talk about them the errors of your life you are feeling stuck in and uh, we can make like a plan what to do how to do it and then at the end you will be free to decide what you are going to do with all the information i will give you so you can decide if you work on your own if you go try to find someone else or if you work with me really this is something that It gives me so much pleasure to read the birth chart, to identify these challenges and to help people see that there is always a reason behind everything, you know, to shed some light into someone else's consciousness. That's what I can do much more than just talking about this in my podcast. If you are interested, DM me. My Instagram account is at... Gracie Hu, G-R-E-I-C-Y-H-O-O. And we can have a very interesting conversation. I call it enlightenment call for this reason, because it's really to give you a clear understanding of your life. Okay? No commitment. You are free to go after the call. Don't worry, and uh, it's just something that I really like to do, and it's always an experience for me. I always learn something when I see a birth chart. That's it for today. Stay well, and until the next episode.